Hello and welcome to Arizona Youth Ministries Podcast. The mission of this show is to engage and support apostolic young people in Arizona and abroad. You can support this podcast by leaving us a review in your favorite podcast app. We'd also ask that you share this episode with your friends. We're so excited you're here with us today. Let's get started. Let's turn to the word of the Lord, to the book of Proverbs. Chapter 30. I I must admit, I, I did switch. I felt God switch in my spirit something for this morning. So it is not as polished as perhaps you would expect as I was listening to a podcast the other day, God spoke to my heart, began to pray. Proverbs 30, 24. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth, all of them, by bands. The spider taketh hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. Amen. For just a few moments. I want to talk on this topic. Four little big things. Four little big things. One more time, put down your Bibles, lift your hands toward heaven if you would. God, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate this opportunity, God, to preach, to hear your word. God, I pray that you'd open up every heart here to hear the word. God, touch my lips. God, I put my will into subjection to your will. In the name of Jesus. And everyone say, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated here this morning. God specializes in making great things out of little things. Scripture is packed full story after story where God took nothing and made it into something of significance. Brother Jerry Jones, I like the way he puts it in his message, there is incredible potential in nothing. For with God, nothing is the raw material for everything. (laughs) Just because something is big, great, grand, or boisterous does not mean that it is great. Just ask the nickel about why he's bigger than the dime, yet the dime is worth more. If we could ask Goliath about little David now, his perspective would absolutely be very much different today. The disciples never looked at two fish and five loaves of bread the same ever again after feeding the 5,000 twice. If we could talk to the widow 
with just a small jar of oil, she'd tell you that God can do anything with nothing. God can take what is little and make it into something that is great. He can take something of insignificance and make it into something great. Proverbs 30 and 24, we read it. There are four things which are little upon the earth, yet exceeding wise. Four things that embody what God wants us to embrace as we live for Him as never before. Four things that are little, yet they are admired. I'm talking about living for God as never before before. It's more than just a theme. It's more than just words that we say to hype. But there is purpose and there is action that is required beyond those words as never before. The ant, the rock rat, or the coney as the King James Version puts it, the rock rat, the locust, and the spider. I know what you're asking. What could we learn from an ant, from a rock rat, from a locust? And most definitely, what could we learn from my arch enemy, the spider? I, I, I hate spiders. I just do. I, I, my wife, my daughter will come in and say, oh, there's a spider. I say, Sherry, Gracie says there's a spider over here. I'm telling you, don't put, I shouldn't say this because now I know what's going to happen at camp next year. You guys, no, no. I'm telling you, you will see a fat white boy run fast. I will run around this building if I have to. <laughs> the ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The ants aren't strong. They're, they're far from strong. I, I mean, what is weaker than an ant? What is insignificant as an ant with the crush of a foot? A multitude of them can be destroyed just like that. The Arabs use it as a proverb to call a weak man one weaker than an ant. However, the ant, Scripture says, takes thought and time to prepare for the future. They are not strong, yet they store up their food in the summer. God has made the ants so wise and so thoughtful that they go about gathering food during the harvest. They are not idle in the fine long days when the sun shines. They don't kick back on a good day to, of call of duty during the harvest. They don't sit scrolling on Instagram for hours on end when there's work to be done, when there's souls to be saved when there's Bible studies to be taught, when there's prayer to be prayed, when there's fast to be fasted. They get all the grains of corn they can find and they store them up for the nest so that when the cold front comes and the snow begins to fall, they don't starve. What is God telling us through the ant this morning uh, as the ant gathers during the harvest? Uh, I'm telling you, church, uh, Arizona young people, we best be about our Father's business uh, during our season of harvest. 
I said we best be about our Father's business. We best be about teaching Bible studies. Somebody needs to find a prayer corner, a prayer closet, and say, during this season of harvest, I'm going to reach. I will work. John 9, 4 said it like this. I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh. You hear this. The night cometh. I said the night cometh when no more man can work as never before. We do not have time to stand idle and watch everyone else work. We need a few apostolic young men and a few apostolic young ladies who will work while it is yet day. Is there anybody willing to get your feet dirty, to get your hands dirty, to get out on the street when everybody looks at you funny and say, hey, have you heard about Jesus? Are you going to stay at home and just throw another game of Call of Duty on or open up Facebook or Instagram or pornography as Brother Campitella preached? No, I want to work. I'll put it another way. I will work. I will work. The flesh does not want to work. The flesh wants to stay quarantined forever. The flesh says, won't you stay home because you'll get looked at funny and they may mock you. You may even end up on the news somewhere. But the Spirit is saying somebody needs to get a hold of the horns of the altar. Somebody needs to be the intercessor of prayer. I know nobody may see it, but somebody needs to open up their prayer closet a little bit more and find something in God. What we need is not another social media post. What we need is more prayer. Don't feel the pressure of social media posts. Me and Brother Campbell was talking about this on the way here. If you're going to feel any kind of pressure, let the Spirit move you to pray. Let the Spirit move you to fast. Let the Spirit of God move you to reach the lost while it is yet day, for night cometh. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is coming. I said, Jesus is coming. He's coming. It doesn't matter what Hollywood says. I don't care what they say. I'm telling you, he's coming in the twinkling of an eye. You better be looking. We better be working. We need to be about our Father's business while we yet have an opportunity. The harvest, Matthew, truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Your strength, wit, or pedigree is no replacement for your faithfulness and consistency. I realize you may think you have a whole lot of talent and a whole lot of smarts and a whole lot of influence, but it is no replacement for your faithfulness and your consistency. I realize there are some that I'm preaching to today that unfortunately will go back home And you're going to turn on the Xbox yet again. You're going to turn on the worldly entertainment again. You're going to turn back to pornography again. The worldly games again and the plans back on. But I'm also thankful and very hopeful that I'm preaching to some apostolic young men and young ladies who have the mindset of the ant who says, I may not be the strongest. 
I may not be the greatest. I may not be the most significant, but I'll go home from this camp meeting charged as never before to win the lost. I'll go home from this camp meeting with a made-up mind to have a prayer life. Anybody believe it? Anybody receive it? There are no shortcuts. In our society, we're always looking for how to get there the quickest. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, there are no shortcuts, church. There are things that will only be won in prayer. There will be some things that will only be won in the secret place. In the secret place. It won't be even one behind the pulpit per se, but it will be one before I even step behind this pulpit. I'm telling you, God came before me today. God came before Brother Campitella yesterday, and he prepared the ground. We've been fasting for this. We've been praying for this. And I'm believing for a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. Things in the spiritual realm that we can't even see right now, but God sees it. And he's raising up a young people in the Arizona district that will say, despite what our world does despite what my world says I will work the harvest while it is yet day I will not be lullabied by the media by whatever the world proposes that I stay inside but I will work bear this urgent word from the Lord today. I felt this so strong the other day. If you're ever going to do something great for God, you best do it now. If you're ever going to have a prayer life, uh, you better do it now. If you're ever going to preach, you better preach now, young man, young lady. If you're ever going to teach a Bible study, uh, you better teach it now uh, because your days are coming very short. uh, And I'm telling you, night is coming. Uh, He's going to come as a thief in the night. uh, And it's time for the apostolics to rise up, not to be quieted, uh, but to rise up uh, for the occasion. Come on, church. We need more prayer meeting. We need more fasting. We need more consecration. We need more dedication. If you're ever going to win a soul, you better win them now. There's a spirit of desperation in my spirit. That now is the time for the Arizona district to rise up. We have had conference after conference. We had have prophecy after prophecy. We've had speaker come after speaker to our camps and our conventions. And they've prophesied great things in our district. Can I tell you it is time for us to begin walking in the prophecies in which God has given this. It is time for you to rise up. It is time for some young men to preach the gospel where you've never even intended to preach. It's time for some young lady to get a hold of the orange of the altar. While it is yet day, I will walk in the prophecies in which we have heard and been given. I know I've said it before to some, but I, and please don't take me wrong, 
but I, I, I want to hear prophecy. I want to hear that. I want to see it, and I want to feel it. But I'm telling you what, I'm a little sick and tired of us just talking about prophecy, and, and we're going to soon walk into it. And I'm tired of hearing about our potential. I'm telling you, it is time for us to rise up. It is time for some. There may be only a few but that will accept this call. But it's time for some young man, some young lady to rise up and say, I will do it in my church if nobody else does it. If nobody else runs the aisle, I'll run the aisle. If nobody else wants to stay at church and pray, I'll stay at church and pray. Oh, that's old-fashioned. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, it's the old past in which is the right way. We don't need more fog and lights. We need more prayer, worship, fasting. We don't need theatrics. We need consecration. Somebody praise the Lord right now. Somebody give Him the glory right now. You may be seated. The rock rat. They are but a feeble folk, yet make their houses in the rocks. These cute, small, and weak rock rats possess no power to overcome their enemy. And Scripture tells us that they make their home in the rocks, a place of safety from their adversary. They are feeble, weak creatures, yet wise as they are aware of the surrounding danger and know their enemy well. Young man, we heard a little bit about that this morning. You better know your enemy. You better know the devices in which he comes to attack you at. They prepare their home in the rocks where they are least likely to become the next meal. They make their home in the rock. They don't dig down into the dirt to make their home. You won't find them in the middle of a field to sleep at night. But they go to the rugged cliffs, the rock face, so that when the fox comes hunting or the bird swoops down, they run to the rock for safety. They go where their enemy cannot go. They have a hiding place that they run to. Oh, that sounds a whole lot like David when he said in Psalms 32, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. What is this small, insignificant, yet wise rock rat telling us today? I'm going to tell you what it's telling you. You better find the rock. You better find the rock. In this end time, you're not going to find it in carnal friends. You're not going to find it in carnal doctrine. But you're going to find it in the rock. You better make the church your refuge. Oh, oh! I just struck a chord right there. I said we better make the church our refuge. We better make Jesus Christ our rock.
David said it like this, when my heart is overwhelmed. When my heart is overwhelmed. When my world is troubled. When I don't know what to do or think or say. When, when, I, when I'm scared. When I get attacked from left and right. When people begin to come against me. When I'm overwhelmed with trouble. When I'm overwhelmed without a solution. I go to the rock that is higher than I. This generation needs a revelation of the rock. We need a revelation that what you turn to is not social media or entertainment. It's not even people that you're sitting next to. But when you are overwhelmed, when you are discouraged, when you don't know what to do, when you got somebody in the hospital and they're on the last breath, you don't even turn to the doctors, but you turn to the rock, which is your hiding place. I turn to the church. I turn to the rock. And I tell you what, what I need, I won't speak for you, I'll speak for me. What I need is more church. What I need is more preaching. What I need is more. I need more rock. I need the rock. I need it. I've got to have it. As never before, we need to make Jesus our rock. Let the church be our refuge as never before. The Lord in Psalms 18 is my rock my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. You see, some turn to the CDC. Some turn to the president. Some turn to worldly solution and carnal friends. But if there was ever time to be planted in the church, it is right now. I go to the rock, which is higher than I. Where are you at? We haven't heard from you in a while. We haven't heard what you want to say about this latest situation. I'm going to tell you where I'm at. I'm not hiding in fear, but I'm getting close to the rock. I'm staying into the refuge. I'm not allowing the enemy to snatch me up. I'm not going to take my home in the middle of the field somewhere, but I'm going to be wise as the rock rat. And I'm going to make the church, I'm going to make God my hiding place. Your hiding place is not at your friend's house. Your hiding place is not in your room locked up somewhere looking and doing things that you know you ought not be doing. I'm telling you, we need to get in in an atmosphere. We need to get the Spirit of God that says, you know what, on Sunday I'm going to stay at church all day long and I'm going to pray. I remember... I remember staying as a young person, playing music and and praying all day long. I'm telling you what, I believe it's what got me through my parents' divorce. I'm telling you things and temptations that I can't even explain to you that came across me. But thanks be to God, I had a grandpapa and I had a grandmama who prayed for me. And he said, son, if you're going to do anything, cleave to the rock, which is higher than you. Get yourself into the church and pray until you have the victory. You see, there's something very interesting about the rock rat. They don't hate their, their home. They don't hate their safe place. They don't hate the rocks that protect them. Matter of fact, they love the safety. 
They don't resent that they live in this space for protection. For without it, they would become easy prey for the adversary. How foolish would we be to resent the church, the house of God? How foolish are we to resent the safeguards that we place in our life by living a life of holiness, purity, faithfulness, consecration. Can I tell you the safeguards that you hear your pastor preach under the unction of the Holy Ghost, it is not to keep you from being who you want to be and who what God wants you to be. It's to keep you safe. Heaven forbid we ever get to the place where we resent holiness, where we hate holiness, where we resent prayer, where we resent church, where we resent the prayer, the altar call. Oh, God, we need a revelation that God is our refuge. You see, I'm not apostolic because it's cool or trendy. This isn't a fling for me. This isn't some fad that will soon lose its cool and fade away. I'm apostolic because I've made up in my mind to build my house on the rock. As far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As far as me and my home, we will serve the Lord. And I know there are some of you who are going to go back home to parents who are lost. But if you'll make up your mind, as far as me and my house, I will serve the Lord. God will bless you. God will honor you. And He will reach your mama. He'll reach your daddy. He'll reach your grandparents. I'm right along with you. I've got a lost daddy that I pray for. And I ask God, God, somehow, let me remain faithful. Honor the faithfulness if you would, God, and reach my dad. But heaven forbid I ever lose out. It's time for us to be apostolic as never before. I'm not talking about just preaching what gets us to run the aisle. I'm not talking about just saying it that sounds good to preach, that gets shares and gets likes and gets, oh, that was good preaching. But I'm talking about living it. Living it. Living it. When nobody's watching, I'm apostolic. When I'm in my room, I'm apostolic. When I'm at home, I'm apostolic. When I get an invitation for somewhere I know I ought not be, I'm apostolic. We don't have time for the Arizona young people to go through some experimental edgy phase. The kingdom needs us. The kingdom needs you. The harvest needs laborers. Be sold out and be who you know God has called you to be now. Because soon, in a moment of a twinkling of an eye, He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. The locusts have no king. Yet they go forth, all of them, by bands. They have no king, is not to be interpreted, I have no pastor. Not to be interpreted, I have no leadership. 
or authority of God in my life. No, no, no. The locusts don't have, nor do they need someone to tell them what to do at all times because they just simply do it. Your mom and dad, your pastor, your youth pastor, they can't be with you all the time. I would to God that we we could preach less messages to get the saved people saved again. I would to God that we had hungry souls in the altar and we preached Acts 2.38 every every time we gathered and there were hundreds filled with the Holy Ghost I'm telling you he's coming soon and it's time that we get in or we get out because you cannot be lukewarm you better get in while there's an opportunity do we need apostolic authority in our lives? absolutely we do there is no replacement for apostolic authority. Leadership. Your pastor, your pastor's wife, your leadership is the most important thing on this earth. The most important people that you should love and cherish. cherish. But as never before, this gospel, it needs to be planted deep down in our hearts because we need the victory for yourself. You need the love of God for yourself. You need a prayer life for yourself. I'm telling you, there are so many people under my voice right now. You haven't prayed in a long time. When you came to this conference, was the first time you really prayed in a long time. But I'm believing that God today would convict us to say, when I leave this conference, I will have a prayer life for myself. I will fast for myself. It doesn't have to be posted somewhere. I don't have to be asked to do it. But I've got it down in myself. You see, the locusts, they know that they're weak by themselves. So if you see locusts, you'll see them in the thousands. They understand the power of numbers. They understand the power of unity. If there was ever a time that we needed to be unified, it is in within this hour. We ought not be in places of division. We need to set aside the carnal things. We need to set aside the weights that so thus easily beset us. And we need to run the race with patience that is set before us. I'm telling you, we need to grab the hand of our neighbor and we need to say, neighbor, let's win the loss together. Let's pray together. Let's go to church together. Let's be in Bible studies together. We need each other desperately. They are little, but together they are relentless. We are to, in honor, prefer, prefer one another. Man, I could preach on that so long. <laughs> prefer one another. Prefer one another. God bless them before you bless me. As never before, give them revival. As never before, heal their church. As never before, give them souls. As never before, give them land. As never before, give them buildings. God, as never before, I prefer my brother and my sister. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. The spider. 
the spider taketh hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. I'll be honest with you, I struggled with this one. There is something about the spider of utmost importance as our music comes this morning. The spider weaves her web. And no matter how often the web gets taken down, that spider builds it right back up again. Over and over and over. The spider is small and weak, but the spider has grit, determination, persistence to never give up. Perhaps there is divine principle in that story, the itsy bitsy spider. The itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. Out came the sun and dried up all the rain. Then the itsy bitsy spider went up the spout again. What is the spider saying to the child of God? What is the spider trying to tell you this morning? You can call me crazy. But early this morning I was praying and God told me as I read this little story He says you tell my young people that as never before don't you dare give in. Don't you dare give up. Don't, don't you dare throw in the towel. Don't you dare throw in holiness. Don't you dare throw in a prayer life. But as never before, I will worship. As never before, I will pray. Come on, somebody needs to get it right now in your spirit. Somebody needs to lift your hands and cry out to God. Don't you give up. I said, don't you give up. Young people, I realize there's a lot of confusion. But I'm telling you what, in God's eyes, it's working perfectly. This is His plan. You were designed for this place. You were designed for this purpose. God has raised you up for such a time as this. You were chosen. Under the sound of my voice, you are the ones that will lead this district to the greatest revival that this district has ever seen. Oh, that just sounds good preaching. No, no, no. I'm telling you what God spoke to my heart. Ecclesiastes, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Matthew 10, 22. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he or she that endureth to the end shall be saved. Paul said it like this. Brethren, 
I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, when I reach forth to those things which are before, I won't give up, I won't give in, I'm going to press to the mark for the prize. I said for the prize! Does anybody want the prize? Of the high calling of God! Young people, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might in this end time. Don't give up. Don't give in. When God gave me that word, I began to cry right there at that desk in that hotel room. He said, don't you give up. Don't you give in. You go and you preach this message like it was your last opportunity to preach the Word of God. And I've come with all boldness and authority in the name of Jesus to command you, do not give up. Don't stop preaching the doctrine. Don't stop living holiness. Don't stop being faithful. Be faithful! Is there anybody that you want to be consecrated as never before? Come on, lift your hands up right now. Come on, there's somebody. There's somebody you need to hear this. Young man, the enemy is trying to tell you to give up. I'm telling you, don't give up. Don't you dare throw in the towel. Young lady. The world would love nothing more than to steal your glory. You've got more power than you think you do. You've got more authority than you think you do. You have purpose. You have an identity. God has designed you. Don't you dare give up. Don't you look into that mirror and say, oh, I need to look like them. I need to act like them. I need to dress like them. I need to go where they go. No, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but the church is not destroyed But you see, the most important revelation of the spider, it's not just the work of the hands of the spider, but it's where he was working in the king's palace. 
Whatever your hands find, do it with all your might. What are you investing in today? Are you investing into your career? Is your main focus on how many digits you can bring home in a year? Are you just focused on how many likes you can get on your next post? What are you putting stock in? Is your goal to have every achievement on a game and so you'll pay hundreds of dollars to ensure that you have the upper hand? What are you relying upon? What are you truly turning to when you are in despair? When you are alone and that spirit of loneliness begins to creep in. I want to be in the king's palace. As the spider, when I work, let me work for the kingdom of God. Let me save my best resources for the kingdom. Let me never have anything that cannot be used for the kingdom. Some of you haven't given an offering that was a sacrifice in a long, long time. What are you investing in? I realize you want that car upgrade. I realize you want a vehicle. It's a worthy desire. But I know of some young people, just about this time last year, came up to this very altar with their keys and laid them on the altar. It happened. And guess what? That old car that they gave they're now in a new vehicle. They're now in a better vehicle. What are you investing in, young people? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I ask that your heart be open to God to speak. God's about to speak to your heart right now. We need laborers as never before. We need young people who will invest in the eternal. I realize there's a lot of distraction, a lot of pleasure, a lot of desire for the temporal. Sure, it's easier to fill your life with that entertainment. But I want to be in the king's palace. I want to be in the king's palace. I want my hands to be about my father's business. God, I pray right now that you would convict our hearts and our lives. God, convict some young men. God, draw some young men right now. Draw some young ladies right now, I pray. God, to a life of consecration. God, I know we're not running the aisle right now. But God, I know what you spoke to me. That if the Arizona young people 
would fall down on their face and consecrate and be wise as the ant, as the rock rat, as the locust and the spider, that you would draw near to us as never before. Is there anybody that will obey the word and the voice of God and you'll step out of your pew, make your way down to this altar and bow before your maker and say, God, make me consecrated. I refuse to give up. I refuse to give in. Come on, lift up your voice. Don't you be bashful to cry out to your God. Some of you have already thought about giving up in this very conference. I'm telling you, you better not give up. That trumpet is about to sound. Close.